It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. We actually got to leave our homes and go to the drive-in this week. But do not worry, we also streamed some stuff as well. Directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, hey there, Bryce. So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Oh, thanks to all who have been supporting us in our fabulous podcast. If you love our independent podcast, please support us and join the growing Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. All members get special episodes and content only for members and all members that sign up get a special limited edition Film Rage merch item. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible movie. Shout out to our biggest listening state, which is not Colorado, it's Missouri. Really? And our biggest, yeah, really, really. And our biggest listening province is in Canada is Alberta. We thank y'all for being number one supporters this month. Go Bears and yeah. Canyon Meadows cinemas are open for their delicious concessions. Popcorn, corn dogs, mini donuts, and more. Open Thursdays 4 to 9, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday 12 to 9 for takeout via curbside pickup. Just go to canyonmeadows.ca and enter your order. And by the way, by being one of our faithful Film Rage listeners, you can get 15% off. Just enter the promo code RAGEON. That's R-A-G-E-O-N to claim your 15% discount. Or... If you would rather have your snacks delivered, that is possible as well through Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, and DoorDash throughout Calgary. For more details, visit canyonmeadows.ca. And here, CMC would like to thank you for your continued support, and we hope to see you again soon at the cinema. And breaking news, this Thursday, which is tomorrow, June 10th, they're going to be open. Yeah, baby. To actually so you're gonna screen get a new movies. Yeah. You're going to get a new commercial from them. I guess so. Uh, so, yeah. So, tomorrow, they're, they're showing Freaky. They're showing The Little Things, uh, The Courier, mm-hmm. Let Em Go, Crude's A New Age, Promising Young Woman, and Scoob. So, uh, oh, Scoob. Maybe we should see Scoob Maybe tomorrow, we then. should. It's adoption. <laughs> So, yeah, um, uh, get out there to Canyon Meadow Cinema and uh, support them because they are open for business. And uh, I am ready to uh, partake in some movies on the big screen. And they have the best vegan popcorn, I'm told. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't offer butter, so. We're streaming, Jim. All right. This is a different. Wait, before yeah. we start, this is kind of a different thing for us because we only have one streaming item, but we got a lot of stuff we saw. Yes. 
It's kind of a nice change of pace, isn't it? It's the best pace ever. A sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we started the week by streaming a little movie by the name of Wrath of Man. Uh, this is Guy Ritchie's latest, so I was kind of excited to see it. So, direct, mm-hmm. director Guy Ritchie returns with Wrath of Man, the story of H, played by Jason Statham, a mysterious fellow with obvious ulterior motives that works for a cash truck company that transports millions of dollars around Los Angeles. This is a change of gears from Ritchie's last movie, as the rapid-fire, patented humor, penetrated action of The Gentleman along with a parade of quirky characters, gives way to a more straight-ahead revenge action style in Wrath of Man, with more serious participants. Statham is solid, as he always tends to be. The story, while not overly original, hits all the beats. The film rolls along at a decent pace. I will admit I was a little distracted by the fact that this was a Guy Ritchie movie, that did not feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. The camera shots were smooth and glided from one subject to the other. It is very stripped down from a typical Richie movie in pretty much every way. From the aforementioned camera movements to the more understated performances from the actors to the toned down energy of the entire project, this film felt different. This is a very good serious action movie with very good performances and fitting outcomes for every character within the story. This was an action-packed and enjoyable meh. Oh, wasn't that too bad for you? Now, Guy Ritchie, baby. Uh, I love how everyone's name is handed out by the trainer dude. And the most original name for Statham was just H. H. I'm like, everybody else had cool names, but then there was just H because he was like, ran out of cool names or something. I think his last name was just hard to pronounce, so he just called him H. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, And our boy, Josh Hartnett, uh, plays a different character than I see him play. I have always loved him, but damn, son, Josh got some range. Uh, this has the makings uh, to be like any other testosterone macho fueled film. So I gotta say, this did not feel like a Guy Ritchie film. No, it didn't. <laughs> what? I <laughs> heard. I've heard on. that somewhere, Jim. I heard that too. Uh, I have not, you know, I, I, not least one that I've seen before, and I think I've seen them all. Normally, his dialogue is quick and biting, so intelligently written. This was like the locker room at a junior high dodgeball tournament. I'm not saying I hated it. I'm just saying not what I expected. Plus, it's a, I, it's an I can film. Guy Ritchie, where my London boy in British accent. Uh, which kind of surprised me. I'm like, what? What? What's happening? I don't. I don't get it. I, I don't hear a lot of British actors except one. I motherfucking love Jason Statham. He is so awesome and very cool. I like there maybe uh, a Statham boner, a brewing here a little bit. I'm not saying there was, but there was. It was a little bit of brewsome uh, for the Statham. Uh, first off, why was Al Pacino even in this movie? I have no clue. Uh, well, enough about him. Layers and layers and layers. When you <laughs> Did think I miss something? You know... Was Al Pacino in this movie? Yes. When? He was like the Mafia Kingpin guy. That was Andy Garcia. Oh, wasn't Andy Garcia? No wonder. <laughs> I confused the two of them all the time. I didn't even look at the credits. I was just like, 
That's Al Pacino, isn't it? Yo, you're oh right. Oh my god. <laughs> I okay, thought, what the so, hell are you talking? I thought you were going into a bit or something, but no. Doing him up because I'm like his character wasn't even needed. I'm like he's in there for two minutes the entire movie, and I'm like, okay, that's awesome though. I that's how much he impressed me in this movie. I guess I so. didn't even know the difference. <laughs> They're both old and they both are annoying to watch as they age. Ah, oh, Jim. <laughs> Well, I don't have egg on my face because anybody that sees this movie, when you see him in it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that could have been Al Pacino. Oh. You know, he's, there's no no effort to really do anything. Uh, so <laughs> now that we got that straightened out, thank God. Uh, layers and layers and layers. When you think you know what is going to happen in this film, think again. This move from testosterone-filled monkey man movie to Guy Rishi fuck my brain up film in less than 45 minutes. I'm like, who's the villain here? Uh, I don't know, and I could not be happier that I did not know. Did Guy Ritchie spend time in Japan? I ask only because this film... Took a whole Japanese gangster feel for me, anyway. Uh, a little bit, but oh, but only a little kind of Guy Ritchie style. And people, do you um, do you want to know how a proper timeline change appears in a movie? No, it's not a fucking montage, and no, it's not. Oh, three months earlier, this happened. That did happen, but it wasn't used all the time. This is Guy Ritchie's brilliance is where you can have, you know, a couple of problems with this movie, yes, but they're pretty minor enough. But that movement of time and space back and forth, I mean, we've seen so many movies like they were like, oh, they've got to put a montage in, or let's talk, you know, talk about this for five minutes. Kind of like we're going to talk a little bit later. I'm just bringing this up specifically because we will talk about how you go through time changes in a better style. And obviously Guy Ritchie does that much better than people we're going to talk about later um so a reminder two weeks ago when i said i hated heist movies well apparently uh i didn't see a guy Ritchie heist movie lately so uh this actually was an absolute mondo for me wow. i fully enjoyed it yep my favorite line dave you just worry about putting your asshole back in your asshole and leave this to me mm. i've never used that line but i think i'm going to use it going forward yeah, I don't know what it means, really. I don't know either, but I kind of like it. Fair enough. Yeah, I liked it a lot, but yeah, Mondo, yeah, it's a little generous. It was a very enjoyable action movie, but, you know, you're talking to the guy that's not super duper into action movies, but neither it's are you, It's true. Really. Uh, well, I, I like action movies if, they were, if it had a lot of things that were interesting in it, or it has John Wick in it, obviously. But I like, uh, I like a lot Wick. of kind of... Chinese, Hong Kong action type movies where there's a lot of kicking ass and punching dicks. And I like um, this one. Actually, I found I just was so surprised. It, I think it took me a little off off base because as I'm watching it, I'm first thinking, OK, this movie uh, isn't a Guy Ritchie movie. And that yeah, it wasn't like any anybody else. Right. Like it, yeah. it was it was very different. And so for that reason, I liked it alone because I don't like things that all look the same. Unless, of course, there's something unique about it. And this was very unique for me, so I fully enjoyed it. Cool. I can't argue with anything you said, except it wasn't quite a mondo. <laughs> That's okay. 
If you know what, if Al Pacino was in this movie, oh. it might have made it to Mondo for you. No, would have done nothing because really, Andy Garcia was a throwaway character. I don't even remember his name. What was he again? I don't even know. He was some sort of kingpin. I don't know. I couldn't remember his name, and yeah. you couldn't remember his name. Yes. So it's kind of the same. Not really. Calling Andy Garcia Al Pacino and me not remembering the character's name, not the same at all, my friend. It's, it is kind of bad. But it's I, I, pretty I don't really bad. like either one of them anymore, so I kind of was just, to be quite honest, it's kind of when I went to the washroom and then came back. So, <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's go to the drive-in. Yeah, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Buy ourselves a drink. So, for those of you who don't live in Calgary, you would not have been able to come to the Cuff Drive-In with us. But those of you who were, hopefully they're listening, actually have to spend some time with us there. For those of you who are maybe living in another city, I have a feeling you have a chance to have seen these movies we're talking about, except for maybe the middle one we're going to talk about. So... For those people listening that are in Calgary, you can always find information on our friends Cuff at www. Got to make sure you add that. dot calgaryundergroundfilm.org, and you'll get to go back and see which which films they played at their festival and what they played at the drive-in for us. Jeez. So I I have the sheer pleasure to introduce the long-awaited Saw film Spiral. Spiral this has from the book of a, Saw, Jim. From the oh, there we go. Uh, now I think that was the old title. I think they just called it Spiral because the think the people ah, it's from still the book on the just, still on the it's still on the poster. It's Spiral what? from the in book I, of Saw. IMDb, I think it just says Spiral, and I think maybe the people from Saw were trying to pretend that they didn't know this movie existed. That's my guess. So this, in case you didn't know, is a criminal mastermind unleashes a twisted form of justice. In Spiral, the terrifying new chapter from the Book of Saw. Or at least the person who wrote the bio in uh, IMDb said, apparently they didn't see the movie. So, let me tell you about Spiral. Uh, Let's get one thing clear, though. I loved the first Saw, and in fact, most of the Saws. I actually have the whole collection. So, this is one I'll go back to many times. I even, uh, as I'm watching this movie unfold, I'm thinking to myself, and you all who've listened to us before know what I think about sequels. So be prepared. Uh, But I got to say, it's been a very long time that I've actually watched the original Saw. So I was kind of like, huh. Uh, With the break from the last one now and bringing in Chris Rock, I thought maybe... Just maybe there's going to be some humor into a badly needed reboot. Well, the quick answer is no. This was not funny. The soundtrack was completely awful. It was mostly regurgitated terrible cop stuff that we have seen countless times before. The story was old and done way better so many other times before. The engineering of the traps, which is usually always, you know, the best things in these movies, uh, they were just okay. I think maybe because they were actually in previous saws designed by an engineer, but these ones, I don't know, maybe they were designed by, you know, those thousand monkeys trying to type the Bible out in a million years or something. This film 
uh, I only really liked the first trap and then the rest of them just, you know, or just tried to, they didn't have any creative juice in it whatsoever. Uh, I do not have to remind everyone, there are more creative critters out there than this particular sequel. They could have written a whole different movie and we would have enjoyed this better. <clears throat> Where's the next great soft to be franchised? Like, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a reboot of, of of Saw and not have it be good. Stop bringing back shit for nostalgia reasons and just write fucking good original content. I personally know like 50 amazing horror books that the producers could have brought to the screen before rebooting a dying and dead franchise. Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson were basically Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in their stereotypical selves in movies. Uh, we should have a pretty big drinking game as to say who would say motherfucker more. And I don't remember counting, but I seem to remember that Chris Walk was perhaps winning. The dialogue was terrible. Everything about this film was done before. Was there any research about anything that happens in police work when they made this film? Or how about the five plus times they don't put gloves on when they go to touch evidence? Or how about the ethic level of CPR that that Chris Rock's character as a cop to try and save his boss's life when he clearly she's only been dead for 30 seconds yeah pounding on a chest is not CPR dude it's not it's just pounding on her chest yeah uh, I, I'm i just gonna quote my boy Mitch from the real locker room talk here for a second when I when asked if he was gonna go see this film he said Chris Rock in a, in a Saw movie that just doesn't fit and you know what? He's right. When Chris Rock does either his, what I call, blue steel, or maybe it's, I'm going to go take a dump, when he's sternly thinking about something, I'm like, what? This makes no sense. Uh, the sequel was the worst one that I can remember, and it gets a double Chris Rock stick to stand-up, and you know we're going to talk more about this later. Rage. Super duper big huge rage. Ah, you're being rough on Chris Rock. He doesn't need to stick to stand up. He's been in plenty of stuff where he's been fine. At any rate, Spiral from the Book of Saw is an exercise in wasted potential. How can a movie starring Chris Rock, who I personally like and Sam Jackson fall this flat. I was genuinely excited for this reboot of sorts of the franchise, but after seeing this, they need to make, they need to not make any more if this is the lackluster effort we are, we are to get. The contraptions are not well thought up and do not lend themselves to the inventiveness of the previous films. Watching Chris Rock do his, you know, his best blue steel, as you mentioned, for 90 minutes was not as entertaining as that might sound. And come on, how can having Rock and Jackson cast as father and son not be pure gold? Just more wasted potential to throw on the trash heap that is Spiral. And seriously, the supposed twist of who this new Jigsaw was was so predictable, I was embarrassed for the writers. Pigsaw definitely paled in compared to Jigsaw, as did everything else in this film. This was also poorly written as we got some major tone and pacing issues as well, especially that of our lead character, who starts out in Eddie Murphy mode, conjuring up the spirit of Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop in the opening scenes, and then on a dime turns into the blandest character on the screen, 
What a waste of time and talent this film was. This was a rage. Oh, boom, baby. And um, <clears throat> our buddy Merman could not be it with us today. But Merman had to specially send me a text that says, no matter what you do, don't forget to tell everybody that Merman also thought this was a rage. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right. Okay. So we saw something that I've been waiting to see my entire life. No, we didn't. We're talking? seeing a different movie that I wish I'd been waiting for in my entire life. You are putting the cart before the horse again there. Or the horse. Be- <laughs> no, that's right. Cart before the horse. I don't know what that means to the tea- price of tea in China, but keep going. All right. So we uh, on, on night two of the drive-ins at Cuff, uh, we saw Recovery. This is a COVID break. Or I should say it's a film, but it's a, it's a, it's kind of a COVID film. Uh, a COVID hmm. breakout at a nursing. Oh yeah. Yeah. A COVID breakout at a nursing home prompts two sisters to go on a cross country road trip in order to save their grandma. This film is based. It's or this film based its potential success on the chemistry between the two leads, Whitney Call and Mallory Everton. This ended up being the right move as these two have chemistry to spare. There is a rapid fire delivery of attempts to make us laugh and a lot of it works. You can tell that the actors are enjoying themselves, which is infectious to the viewer. See what I did there? Uh, Yeah, it is COVID. Uh, uh, It is COVID. uh, uh. The film is not going to change your life or teach you anything, but it is a breezy good time. And on that level, it's a complete success. One thing did bother me, however, I don't know why it was called recovery. I don't think anyone recovered from anything in it. Oh, well, it was still entertaining. It was a good road trip movie with plenty of laughs and plenty of chemistry between the actors. Recovery was meh. Well, let me tell you what I thought of this. What were you all thinking uh, as we were a few weeks ago into COVID? Like, what, what were we all thinking? Well, this film takes us on a comedic journey through our own minds of what we uh, have been probably going through for the entire past year. The best random phone calls from any movie that's ever happened ever from the kid, the sister, the grandma, the boy crush. All of it was so fun and funny. I could watch these two actors do a TV series that went on for a lifetime and never tire of hearing them talk together. Okay, so this was a thing as we were watching this film, every time something confusing was happening, we would ask a question aloud. This is us sitting in the drive-in We'd be like, oh, that was confusing. Well, and then just as we're about to say that, they would literally answer all of our questions. So I'm kind of like, what? How did they so smartly write that? Apparently, because they're good. The ladies in this film were freaking hilarious. I could not stop stop laughing the entire movie. The silly outrageousness of their thought process was just like me and one of my besties being stupid. I can um, imagine being on this spin-off a buddy comedy and i enjoyed every second of it yes there was a couple of slow points but the love and then soon comedic moments would come so fast and fevered it was heartwarming funny and a great covid film i thought there um were like for me i have we've seen a few covid movies and other than the host i can't say any of them i enjoyed host was really good yeah, of course. The comedy is so random and quirky and fun and silly. 
Uh, and I did I mention random? Because yeah, this is pretty random the entire movie. I think a lot of it might have been ad-libbed. Uh, and my love of comedies is not always present, as most of you who listen to us are. It's, comedies are way down in my favorite genres. This movie was COVID-tastic mondo, and uh, my favorite line was, Mmm, you smell like ham. All right. And Murray also thought this film was mondo. Wow, mondo. All right. Two mondos and a man. Okay, but when was the last time that you've ever seen a movie of comedy lately? And don't say Hubie Halloween, where you laughed as much as this movie. I don't know. You put me on the spot. I'm sure I've watched lots of movies where I laughed more than this movie. Having said that, well, I, I laughed a lot in this movie, but at the end of the day, was it Mondo? No, nah, it, was, it was all right. I liked it. It was 100%. I, I think this if anybody is said, comedy if, if everybody, I've seen in five years. If anybody came up to me and said, you know what? I want a breezy 90 minutes and I want to be entertained, want to laugh a little, I'd say, yeah, watch Recovery. You're guaranteed to laugh. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And I would say... This is the best comedy I've seen in five years, hands down. There you go. I can't believe you gave our girl Tiff a Mondo and you're giving this one a meh. Because it was Mondo. I can't wait. I'm hoping at some point soon I get to see her her and Billy Crystal, their film. Cause, uh, oh. Because, uh, yeah, I, I really I really want it. I want Tiff to have like back-to-back Mondo. She's like my new favorite actress. She's the best. You know, sometimes when you think you love somebody unconditionally and then they say something like they love tiffany haddish it's kind of it's kind of like you hate them just for a minute as i say you know what i've only got one movie to base it on right now tiff is is aces in my book right now and you know i am looking for because the fact that she's in this billy crystal movie i can't remember the name of the damn thing but anyways i am gonna watch it and that's going to be the key. If she can go back to back, I'm going to be like, all right, Tiff has arrived. But, Sometimes uh, people yeah. take a while to get into their, into the, you know, into the swing of things. Sometimes it yeah, takes a bit. I can't say as I've seen it yet. She's, so I'll keep, I'll keep wishing and hoping and praying. As and I said, I can't, wanting. that's why I want to watch her next movie. Cause maybe, hmm. you know. And, and I still don't, yeah. but I'll probably have to see it cause you'll make me go see it and it'll really annoy me. So it'll be a pretty entertaining episode. So I, stay tuned. I hope we can get five it. Five or six months from now. Who knows? But you I know, we, we it seems like it. we can never stop talking about Tiffany Haddish. So there you have that. Well, on a, <laughs> good or, on good a or bad. Note, <laughs> on a brighter note, yes. we got to see what I've been waiting to see my whole life. And uh, and I'm still kind of mouth agape. An elderly gentleman goes for what he assumes will be an order ordinary day at the amusement park, only to find himself in the middle of a hellish nightmare instead. And this, my friends, is directed by my all-time favorite director, George A. Romero, and it was written by Wally Cook. And it stars a bunch of people that I don't think anybody would have ever seen anywhere ever because this is the lost and forgotten, not necessarily forgotten by me, but forgotten film from George Romero. This has never been truly released. It would have had a very soft release when the Lutheran party of, of uh, I don't, I, no, I think they, they buried it, didn't they? They well, want, they no, they I mean, saw it, they, but they, they, they didn't release it, it. But they're the only people. Yeah, they're the only people who saw it, and they're like, "What the yeah. f- is this?" 
that's that's the the mean what i'm meaning is that by uh it had a very limited <laughs> so the the three or four lutherans that put the kibosh on it yeah exactly uh so as i said i've been waiting for this movie my entire life well maybe not all my life but almost pretty close yeah. ever since i became aware of romero at the young age of 12 i knew it existed and i wanted to see it this film does not have great protection values. It is not going to be for everyone. That is 100% for sure. And if you watch this film expecting anything that Romero has done in the past, you will be a little bit surprised. I mean, it is definitely of the era of his early work and is pretty choppy uh, with the messaging he's wanting to get across. But the overall message is clear that the Lutheran church wanted, although I am pretty sure they didn't see that when it was first made, uh, which is about old people being second class citizens. I don't think it's really a match for what they that they were hoping for. At least no, this is why it hasn't been released. That's what they wanted. They just didn't want it in the way that no, he did it. That he did it. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to, to shine a light on the fact that the elderly were being treated very poorly. That was the whole yeah, point of what they and wanted. To help it. Just not in this way. Exactly. Well, I think which I think this way was them. effective. But go ahead, get on with your yeah, view. Sorry for I interrupting. Also, I actually 100% believe you that I think that this would have been more effective if they showed this to people. Uh, it has the great sensibility of Romero, along with the biting tongue-in-cheek humor and horror. Uh, his his way of depicting his way of depicting commercialism and the throwaway society of the elderly is very overtly shown in the amusement park come true life story. I wish the sound in this film had been cleaned up better or even somehow overdubbed. I hate to say that, but I did find it took away from the film a bit and how the mini stories contained within the film sometimes ended too abruptly or were a little under realized as you, as you got the point of the intent of the message. But I feel that you know, they were kind of too short. I, I wish this was a longer film. I also um, was glad I saw this film, especially in the drive-in. Um, just not in a rainstorm and not as not as much as I was hoping, at least the rain. I love Romero and everything he does, but this film, just not enough to give it a mondo. For me, it was a man. I did really enjoy it. I really loved the intent and the message, but I couldn't get out from the fact that the sound was really badly done and there was just too much noise within the film i wish they would have cleaned it up um yeah it, i i'm not disappointed i saw it no because it's something you'll never forget yep. but it's it's just a meh for me all right so uh it's amazing to me that romero can just beat you over the head with a metaphor as he does in basically all of his movies yet they're still effective and for the most part they're entertaining uh, this film was no different as Romero holds a metaphoric mirror up to society, and in this case, it's the plight of the elderly that he focuses on. It is crazy that just shy of 50 years later, this film almost seems timely wow. in its content. Mm -hmm. um, the picture of society that he paints back in 1973 is not so different than what can be seen today. The discrimination of the elderly is unfortunately still an issue today. Every scene has a purpose and every scene delivers the undeniable message that it sets out to reveal. 
This is at times a hard watch as its subject is a very heavy one. The use of elderly non-actors lent itself to a genuine feel as we saw these people in deplorable situations. The amusement park is incomplete in many ways as it was a project that was not fully realized. It has some sound issues and some editing issues, but it is still an important part of the Romero legacy of films. It does suffer from the fact that it is incomplete in many ways, but is still very watchable and its message is true. The music park was a very high math for me. Yeah, I would say, yeah, sure. I'll give it a high. Yep. Oh. I, uh, I, it was it was pretty high. I, it was wasn't a mondo, and you know what? Like for me, everything that Romero does in my mind has been mondo. So this is probably this would be the only film I think I've seen in his entire repertoire, and I've seen them all that didn't make mondo for me. There you go. But who knows? Had it had it been re- fully realized? Because it looks like this is what they had. There was probably yes. you know there's no reshoots involved in this. They probably there's shut no, down production too. Exactly. Like they probably and he had to just edit it together yeah. at the end. And there's dialogue um, that's just completely missing because there's just music over top and the yeah. the overwhelming sound of the amusement park uh, kind of just drowns some stuff out. So it's an incomplete film. And had it been complete, who knows? It could have been it could have been so much more. But it was super interesting to watch what was there. And, oh uh, yeah, and and knowing oh, the story yeah. behind it makes it even more interesting. I, I I really enjoyed it watching it going in. Then I had to go look up like why the heck was this made, and why the heck wasn't it released, and why why the heck is it not complete? And, you know all these things going through my head afterwards. I had to go back and find out. And uh, yeah, you know, it uh, it was a, it was an interesting watch to say the to say the least. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know your point. Your point's so well taken, though, right? Is that we 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 sometimes forget that sometimes the director's vision is not what we end up getting to see. That's why we have movies with the director's cut, right? They had mm-hmm. to make edits, or you know maybe it, you know he got his entire budget from the Lutheran Church, and then they said, "Yeah, I've seen what you've done. This is terrible. Stop making it, right?" And then exactly. just we don't know ex- the, where was the cutoff right? point. Who knows? Maybe there. Yeah, I'm exactly. sure there was other stuff that he wanted to put in there. Otherwise, it wouldn't be like 53 minutes or whatever it was, too. So, yep. So I'm gonna say the George Romero director's cut of this movie would have been Mondo. So he's still perfect in my mind. Just so everybody knows. Fair enough. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Oh, the beauty, the beauty, the beauty, the beauty of research Mm. and research in film. I just think to myself, first off, I think the only, well, the only rage we have this week is is from Spiral. And I think to myself, okay, did they even like talk to a cop when they made this movie? There, every single thing in this movie was like, this was made by a junior high uh, striving director trying to make it into the you know Christmas pageant, making this movie. And and they they literally did had nothing that's anything protocol related whatsoever. Like, first off, I'm sorry. You go to you're a cop and you're a detective and you're supposedly one of the smartest and you're not once wear gloves when you're touching all the evidence. Like by the fifth time I was like, okay, 
this is now I think they're intentionally doing this to make it a joke because and you know how many cops do you know that don't actually know how to properly do CPR like I'm sorry like that was like the worst the worst so yeah. my rage this week is if you're gonna make a movie that has technical well it's not even technical I think it's just common knowledge from everybody that watched police shows Mm-hmm. that you got to wear gloves because you're not tampering with evidence. Like, I think if you asked a six-year-old, hey there, little six-year-old, you know, I see you're watching a, a you know, a, a police drama, uh, whatever they, whatever kids watch now, it is Dora the Explorer meets Mr. Policeman. And, 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 you know, they, she's going, uh, why, what, why didn't they have gloves on? There's obviously evidence there. Yeah. Dora the Explorer. Special Victims Unit. That's right. Because <laughs> we didn't get to say Shutter this week. Dum, dum. And that's and that's my rage this week. I'm just like, that was the worst. Yeah, it was, it was not good. There is a lot of bad in that movie. And on that <laughs> note... So, my rage is the fact that Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson were in a movie together, cast as father and son, and that movie was Spiral. Very, very disappointed. That's my rage. I agree. Hey there, movie lovers. This is Dylan, Frank, and Erica, and And this this is our podcast. Our weekly movie reviews cover everything we think, from all-time classics like Pulp Fiction and Friday the 13th, to more modern movies like A Star is Born and The Hangover. And our weekly beverage reviews cover everything you want to drink, from wine and beer to creative cocktails. So get your glass ready and join us weekly wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Our show is launching on May 4th. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Drunken Drive-In Podcast and on Twitter at Drunk Drive-In Pod. So remember, movie lovers, drive safe, drink responsibly, and and keep keep watching movies. May 4th? I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So that, now mean, that means you can watch it. it right now or listen to it right now, Jim. Yeah, you can get probably a month and just a little bit over a month's worth of content. It's time to catch up. Mm-hmm. So before we go into the lists, uh-huh. it, it is time for the fried berry moment of the week. Is which it? could lead us into some which could lead us into some of the discussions that we actually have in the lists. But, uh, Bryce, what's your fried berry moment of the week? My fried berry moment of the week. Uh, I should really be prepared for this. Since I, I should know it's coming every week by now. Yet, for some reason, it uh, throws me off every time you do it. Well, why don't I tell you my fried berry, berry moment of the week? Go ahead. It may or may not inspire you. All right. Because I don't think you had a... You didn't have a Mondo this week. I didn't. I wasn't uh, Whereas, super generous like you. Uh, this was not super generous. Mm. This was the funniest movie 
I've seen in the last five years, and that's recovery. That's my fried berry of the week. My fried berry of the week would be, yeah, I would say that my fried berry moment of the week is just the, the uber chemistry between Whitney Call and Mallory Everton. Um, those two on screen were gold together. Ballad gold. Yeah, so I will, I will concur. We are in semi-agreement with the fried berry moment of the week. I think I need to come up with some fried berry moment of the week music. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. You know what? When we finally talk to Ryan, we'll see if we can get permission from some of the music from his his film. There you go. All right, so back to the list, Jim. Yes. Oh, I bet you you have some surprises for me. Uh, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Well, uh, well, these are these are some what? These, Wait, what? These are some actors, or well, let's let's start with one and see where it takes us. <laughs> I am gonna nominate as undoubted, and I can't even think of like eight movies, but I'm sure he's had eight movies. I'm sure they were all wonderful. Rory Culkin. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Oh wow, why haven't we talked about him before? Have we talked about him? No, I said why haven't we? I don't know. Because he's fantastic. I love Rory. Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel the same about it's him. It's like the best Culkin came last. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't I don't know what happens in their sex orgies, but I'm going to assume <laughs> that you're talking about the acting. So, yeah. okay. Arrived You want to write these down? I'm going to... He, he's been in some TV stuff lately, so that's yeah, one yeah, thing to be aware yeah. of. Well, get rid of the um, TV stuff. Really? Okay, so his last movie was from 2020, which I haven't seen. Yep. Is uh, Materna. Materna? M-A-T-E-R-N-A. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's got a 7.1 on IMDb rating. I'm excited. That is good. Um, Okay, then he was in a lot of more movie stuff. Then he was in Lords of Chaos, which was a Mondo. Mondo. Uh, that's for two of us, right there and there. Uh, then he was in A Song of Sway Lake, which I also have not seen. Huh. There we go. Have, have not seen, seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, then he was in a movie called Bullet Head. Bullet Head is Mondo. Yes, I would say... I'm trying to think now. That was 2017. Yeah, I would say it's Mondo. I can't, I can't disagree with it. He was in Columbus, which I haven't seen. Columbus was meh. Uh-oh. Okay, and then he was in... Uh-oh. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> oh, no. Welcome to Will It? Welcome to what? This is a movie. Will It? W-I-L-L-I-T-S. Will It? Welcome to Will It. Welcome to Will It. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It... It's it's not a good chance for this is going to be any good. Why is that? IMDb it's sitting at a four point one. Ah, what do they know? They they probably know more than we do because that movie looks terrible. And then he was in Jack Goes Home. Jack, How many are we at now? Jack Goes Home was. It was a man for me. I'm trying. I thought it was Mondo. Who who else was in it? Uh, him. He's kind of the lead. He's the lead. Uh, yep. I mean, uh, he's got the biggest credit. His name is Jack, and he plays Jack. Yeah, they, they, uh, that was. I, I remember that movie. 
Uh, uh, I'd have to watch it again. Okay, this is just falling apart. The wheels are coming off, Jim. Well, how many movies are we in? That's seven. Okay, so the one after that is Shut In. I got to start watching some Rory Culkin movies. I love the guy, but I've seen yeah, like apparently. one, two, three. I've seen three out of his last eight. I think I'm a Rory Culkin fan. Apparently I'm not because I'm missing everything. I'm in the same boat as you, buddy. I love him. All right. Scott, Pil- Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, so good. Mondo. I could talk about that for an hour. I love that movie. Yeah, All as right. do I. Okay. You right. know what? That was fun. Well, let's do one more. Well, I got one. Okay, but let's do yours first. Mine's, mine is a repulsive, which we don't get very often. Yeah, these are quick, too, so go ahead. It's, it's like they are okay, or they're not. Yeah, and if you say anything but this person is, I'm going to be very surprised. I'm going to put forward Martin Lawrence as repulsive. <laughs> He's not on the list yet? No, exactly. Why isn't he? How is he not on the list? Oh, God, is he repulsive. Yeah, and I tried to do the doubted with him, but damn it, he was in Dolomite, so he can't. He can't. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a Mondo probably from all three of us. Yeah, it was. All right. (laughs) Are you ready for this? I don't don't know what he's been in lately. I'm just throwing this name out because I I love the guy. Tom Wilkinson. Okay. Oh, I kind of, yeah, I kind of like Tom a lot too. Yeah. But There's is a, that? How, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like what? Why did I think I actually put him on as well? Really? Yeah, it's funny, actually. I put him well. I put him on the mesmerized, but you're you're actually um, picking him for for undoubted, are you? I don't know. I don't know what he's. I can't so what? Let's do it real quick. Okay, he was in a movie called Sass S A S colon. Red Notice. Sass Red Notice? That's a movie? Yep. Okay, haven't seen yep. it. Okay, this is going to be another case for you, by the way. Mm. Uh, he was in a movie in 2018 called Dead in a Week or Your Money Back. He was in a 2018 movie called The Titan. He was in a 2018 movie called Burden. He was in a 2018 movie called The Happy Prince. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the, he was in a 2018 movie the catcher was a spy okay there's no way it was in that many movies in 2018 he's got credit for by it. the way he's the catcher i it. have seen the catcher was a spy okay mondo okay well that's the I only one i've seen, seen all one. those i've seen one out of so, six so far apparently we're fans of his work than when we see him, yes. but because he makes, it sounds like, I'm just guessing, 10 movies a year, <laughs> there's a good chance well, he's never going to make it. at least in I 2018, think... he made 10 movies. Yeah, okay, well. What was the one, be, just, be for, to be, just for argument's sake, be, what was before Cat, The Catcher and the Spy? Or is a spy? was before? Or was a spy? The has a spy? I thought it was it, a spy. I don't know, it's, The Catcher was a spy. That's what I not said. Not the... It's ah, not the. I know. Oh, a catcher was a spy. The no, catcher. No. The catcher was a. The. Yeah, I know. The the catcher was a spy. That's before that exactly was happy the happy prince. Bef- no, no, before. Which I, which, 
Oh, in time, not in what I was reading. Yes. Okay. It was The Beautiful Fantastic. The Beautiful Fantastic? Ooh. Okay, well, this From is a lost cause. I've seen one out of seven movies. Might as well do the eighth. What's the eighth? Let's okay, see if well, I've done one, one out of eight. I kind of don't want to know anymore. I want to know what the eighth black is. Okay, it's called Denial from 2016. Oh, Mondo. There we go. So he's on. There we go. We just he don't have to watch. He can't be on with two Mondos. <laughs> Can we just put him on for mesmerizing and move on? I... <laughs> Fine, he's mesmerizing. Okay, there we go. We got... But I think at some point I got to watch a bunch of Tom Wilkinson and then I'm bringing him forward again and then I'm going to make you watch six freaking movies. I do love him, so I won't mind one bit, actually. So bring it on, bitch. All right. Okay, I don't know if I'm going to try that again. That was, uh, I don't know that that worked. Before actually doing a bit of research? Yeah, I that did. was zero, like zero research. I just threw a name out. I like this my, guy. Oh, my, I haven't seen any of his movies. My embarrassment from the beginning of the podcast is nothing compared to your double embarrassment. <laughs> Whatever. That was entertainment, my friend. <laughs> you know. Solid gold. <laughs> Solid gold. Solid gold. Oh, baby. Last week on Rager Dare, Bryce thought himself more powerful than the dare bag when he scoffed at it and thought he was Teflon to the rage. Provided by our listeners. Hmm. He pulled what is thought to be M. Night Shyamalan's worst movie when he pulled The Last Airbender. This week, I will get to test my luck with the dare bag, or maybe return to Bryce's newly created bag of rage, which so far has been delivering on all fronts. Let's check in with Bryce to see if M. Night Shyamalan, a ding dong, should go back to writing ghost stories or leaving his scary ways behind and stay doing children's stories for life. Bryce, how was the CGI from our boy M. Night? Uh, oh, yeah. but wait. What? Huh? Most importantly, can you feel the rage? Ah, uh, you know. CGI was the CGI. It wasn't great. Ah, uh, The Last Airbender was not as bad as I, th- as I thought it might be. It was a strange experience as anime got turned into live action. Uh, that did not translate well. Uh, the performances within saved the film to a certain degree as the three kids cast in elite roles were so bad that I laughed out loud at their performances on many occasions. The writing was also laughably bad as you would get scenes where actors would just repeat things back to each other repeatedly. It was odd. You would get one character that would say something like, I think we should go over there. And the other character would say, we should go over there. And then the other character would respond, yes, over there is where we should go. To which the other character would say, okay, let's go over there. It was bizarre. Like this went on. This wasn't just like one scene. There was like, they just kept on repeating what they just said back to each other. And it didn't, it wasn't like once. It was like over and over again. I was like, what is going on? What am I watching? It was crazy. So, but was it crazy good? So I'm, I'm not kidding. This was what the dialogue was like, which once again was laughably bad. So this was not as painful to watch as a film in this segment should be as it was amusing in its awfulness. It was still a rage, but I can't call it a rage because I literally giggled and chuckled at it. 
like no, no, that's a the, dozen that's times. That's almost the epitome of it. But it's not it's like still a rage. funny, bad. Where it's bad, it's funny. It's just terrible. And it was not, and funny. It at, was not with. I was laughing at it, but I was laughing. <laughs> it wasn't making me angry. It was going, man, this is a piece of dog crap. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't like an all-out. Oh, how could they make me watch this? Because could you be? I was giggling. How could you be? How could you be so mad at such cute kids who were just trying to oh, learn to act? They were That's so all bad. They were trying the to three, do. The three leads. It's like it's like wow, wow. How did they? Kids can act these days. There are so many decent kid actors out there. Don't get me wrong. There's still a few yep. crap ones. But there are some... De- this is this was a multi-million dollar movie. Like, they spent some money on this movie. Could they not find some actors? The the main... The, the, the last airbender little dude, he was terrible. Like, he was like... Oh, my... He was so bad that every time he said something, I giggled. No matter what he was saying. It was so... It was crazy. I wonder if it was maybe M. Night made it with his kids' friends or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like, how. he's like, hey, hey, little buddy. Uh, you got any friends? I'm making a movie. I'd like to kind of do something for you and your friends. I'm not around much. I'm directing and stuff. Yeah. I was, but yeah, no, I was, it was real bad. I, I understand why this ended up in the, in the bag, but it was, you know, by my standards, it wasn't quite what... I'm not upset that this one was in the bag, though. Not like some of them that I've done lately. I understand why this was in the bag. I just found humor where there wasn't any. It's a bit of a treat for you today, buddy. There you go. All right, so uh, where are we going from here? Something uh, you, you got to do think, something? I think I've got to make a decision here. You know what? I'm going to think I'm going to pull from the dare bag. Ah, you wuss. Well, I don't know if I could take... The movies I've had to watch lately back oh, to back. I, get that. I haven't had a I haven't had a break yet like you. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, no, if you choose from my bag, oh man, you like seriously, you are in for it every time you do it. It is <laughs> I hope I get something I like. Please oh you make it be, you will please be not John Wick three. There is no please, chance. Please be John Wick three from the stair bag. Did someone give that for me to watch? I wanna see that. Dare bag uh I don't know. I already watched this. But it's me that has to watch but it. But it's you that has to watch it, right? Because I you have I watched this. I don't think so. I think I I might have chosen this out of your bag, or maybe I, maybe I think no, maybe Murray's. Okay, so then does it count? Do I get this one? Then I think I think ball? you get to watch it. I don't, you know, because you do didn't watch really it. People really want us to. Do people really want us to hear us talk about a movie that makes people rage. I don't know. Do <laughs> they want to hear about the same her. movie twice? Is the question. Let's make I a ruling not. right now. I don't really care. Let's do it. It's carved in film, Rager Dare. So, so once history. So, are we saying it's fine? Once the or has been brought to the. If I it's already been brought been forward, brought. doesn't matter. Yeah, we don't. We don't want to talk about it more. Okay. Let's just. So you bad. just avoided a ma- pretty major bullet. Uh, you Pluto know. Nash. John Travolta. Battlefield Earth. Oh, I watched that also. So we both did. Oh, did we already do that? <laughs> Yeah, it was both of us that week. (laughs) And it was also terrible. So, yeah, I can't watch it again twice anyway. That was kind of moot, but it helped us. That was Dutch Angle Palooza. Yeah, it was Dutch Angle Palooza. Hey, so, take two. I didn't even remember that you watched it as well. I thought I had to suffer through that. Because it was, was, well, you know, friends do that for each other. This is hilarious. (laughs) It's worse? No, 
Boondock Saints. What is going on? <laughs> Take three. So for those of, so for those of you who are actually um, who are actually listening to this, the Boondock Saints you won't understand yet because we had a private um, episode that you'll eventually get access to to only our members. And Boondock Saints was one of the films we brought up, so that's even funnier. Okay, what's number three on the? <laughs> and that was their all-time favorite movie. So, yeah. Okay. I don't even know what this is. Well, I guess I do know what this is. You have to watch. Because you can read English. A sci-fi classic. Okay. Not Independence Day. Independence Day 2? Independence Day. I don't know if you can see that. Resurgence. Resur oh, my God. You know what? I have not even seen this movie yet. Oh, well, that's exciting then. Get because I was afraid to get to watch a brand new one i didn't even know it existed there's i didn't know there were sequels to independence day is that like the, you didn't is there is that the only one or is there like 10 independence days no there's, there's just one and jeff goldblum's in it liam helmsworth's in it bill pullman's in it it's got a lot of people in this so william, every, basically uh, everybody william came Fishner's back in it everybody survived in the first ones back for the second judd hirsch is in it Yep. Judd Hirsch. Spiner's in it. Who doesn't like Judd Hirsch? Fox. You know what? I'm talking myself into this. This I could tell be great. You. Who doesn't want to watch Alex from Taxi? Who doesn't want to see Jeff Goldblum in everything? Exactly. It's going to be great. You are one lucky dog. Once again, the fans are given a treat. Yeah, I think this could be a treat. I, I'm actually, you know I'm, I'm glad you plucked this one. Because uh, I this think, I think been, you're, this would have been death to you, actually. I think you're going to really enjoy it. <laughs> something something tells me you're not telling the whole truth nothing but the truth i am commonly known as a teller of truths jim i've often said that you ask anybody in the world that knows me and they will say and you say describe bryce they will say teller of truths and they won't even think about it it'll just come out now don't get me wrong not everybody knows me but depending on when you where you go in the world there's some place like if you go into yugoslavia oh, there's yeah. probably only about Probably 10 to 15% of the population there knows of me. It's not yep. like here in North America where it's probably closer oh. to 80. Yeah, no, 80, 85. Yeah. But anybody that you ask, describe Bryce, teller of truths. That's it's just what comes out. Yeah, I get I get more of the other side of Bryce. I get the, oh, Bryce, you know, pull my finger, Bryce. I don't even know what that means, Jim. Oh, see? See? Exactly. Well, thanks again, Rages, for listening. Rage love to Janine from It Goes Down in the PM podcast. And James, our two member subscribers. Thanks to our extended film rage crew of Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography. Yeah, Leonard Conlon Photography. For Bex Goose for her cartooning skills at Potato Lady PodcastReviews.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Canyon Meadow Cinemas. And we can't be happier that you are open, effective tomorrow. We will see you this weekend. Please go and support your local independent cinemas as they start to open because they desperately need your help. Find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok at FilmRageYYC. Check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and TeePublic. See what we look like on our YouTube channel by searching FilmRage Podcast. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners. And that means you, people who are listening, and maybe your friends. So, like and subscribe and send us emails to filmragecalgary at gmail.com. Dare to see terrible movies to fuel our rage, but no matter what you do, please make us rage. Please. Please. That's it for this week. 
Rage on. Rage on.